0: You are now listening to Voices Rising Press Podcast. I'm Shelley. And I'm Sarah.
1: Welcome back to Voices Rising Press Podcast. And we are here with Dorje Dolma, who is an amazing memoir author. And we're going to talk about her book and her upcoming projects, and just some really cool things that are going on with her. And I'm very excited to introduce Dorje to you all, not only as an author but also as just an amazing human being. So, <laughs> thank you, Dorje, for being oh, here.
2: thank you, Sarah and Shelley, for inviting me. I'm an honored, and and again, congratulations to you
0: both. And I'm I'm excited. So thank, thank you. you. Thank you. We're so excited to have you here today. Yes.
1: So I just wanted to give a quick synopsis of the book for anyone that's joining in and doesn't know much about it. So Dorje wrote a beautiful memoir called Yak Girl. And in it, she's this is her memoir. She talks about her story growing up in the remote, undeveloped region of Nepal near the border of Tibet. And she lived above 13,000 feet in Upper Dolpo, often called the last paradise because of its breathtaking snow-capped peaks, untouched beauty, and hand-irrigated green pastures. But there was this constant risk of dying, basically, (laughs) with survival. Dorje's life centered around the care of her numerous younger brothers and sisters and the family's sheep, goats, and yaks. At age five, five years old people, she began herding and was soon taking the animals high into the mountains where she fought off predatory wolves and snow leopards. This book covers her first 10 years and takes Dorje from the primitive mountain village to the bewildering city of Kathmandu and finally to a new home in America where she receives life-saving surgery. So she wasn't going to make it if she stayed up there. And amazingly, that's how, that's how Dorje came into my life eventually, was that she got um, adopted by this family that lives in Boulder, Colorado. And um, so with humor, soul, and insightful detail, she gives us these beautiful vignettes of her daily life and the practice of centuries-old Tibetan traditions. It's a wonderful and surprising tale of survival, loss, and self-reflection, and offers us entry to this difficult yet magical place. And so then she went on from there to go to the University of Colorado and get a degree in fine arts. And then after graduation, she came to work for me at this preschool I was running at the time, and you were there for eight years, I believe, right? Yeah. Amazing. You are so amazing, and uh-huh. just such a great teacher and such a great person to know. And then I'll never forget the day that Dorje sat me down and said, "I'm going to have to give you my I don't know. what Would you give me like three month notice
2: or something? <laughs> yeah, <I was> like, <laughs> six I'm, I'm month I'm notice. Ask me how long you want?" He's like what you like? How long do you want to work? I was like, I don't know, like three months. Like, well, I would prefer a year, <laughs> eight years later, <laughs> right? I know I
1: always like asking her if she could commit to work one year with me, um, and she was like, Yeah, you know, I guess I wasn't really thinking that long. And then like eight years go by, <laughs> <laughs> time, time just passes, right? But when you're doing, yeah. yeah, when you're doing some beautiful work and you get involved with it, just like time goes. But so then Dorje told told me that she couldn't work for me anymore because she wrote a book and she was published. And now she had to go on tour. And I was like, well, the only thing that's good about this news is that you're an author. Like, I'm really proud of you. And so I had to, like, let you go with blessings. And I'm so so excited. Like, honestly, just your book is amazing. And Dorje is also an artist. So we'll talk some about her art but i'll never forget also the day that dorje walked in she was i don't know were you like 19 or 20 or
2: 20 i was in my 20s yeah uh, you
1: were very young um, or it it was hard to tell how old you were it's like you have she had this enigmatic quality of like how you know are you a child or are you a grown woman? I don't know. <laughs> but she came in and she just like instantly connected with the kids and started playing with this girl that was having a really rough first day. And I called Dorje back. I said, I'm ready to give you the interview. And she's like, um, hold on, this child needs me. I, it. <laughs> I was like, I went back to the office. I was like, gosh, dang it. I think I just hired her.
0: <laughs> you already work here.
2: Yeah. Um, Pretty yeah, cool. I remember I, I also didn't dress for a play. I, I came with the white pants and high heels. And high heels, and high heels <laughs> I remember. <laughs> I looked around, I was like, I don't think this is that clothes <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> You know, the kids were painting. And end of the day, I had, like, food on my like, clothes. I was like, okay. Oh, yeah. We'll get a different outfit next The
1: time. next time
0: she had on some jeans and a sweatshirt or something. Sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's nothing better than on-the-job training, right, that works the best. <laughs> yeah, totally. So we had, and actually while we were working together, we did talk sometimes about, wouldn't it
1: be great to publish some books sometimes, our children's books or whatever, you know, it's just sort of these casual conversations. But, I mean, here we are so many years later. and. Yeah. Um, but, um, yeah, so we have some questions about Yak yeah, Girl. We have so many things to ask you. Um Aww. One question I have is, like, what was that first moment when you were thinking that I'm going to write a book? Like, when did that hit you?
2: I, uh, well, I think I started writing Yak yeah, when I was in high school. I um, I was in part of this a small writer's group, and I just started writing parts of my story and read it to the group. and. But I was, like, nervous. I was like, I don't know why, like, if it's any interest to anyone. But they really liked this. And everyone encouraged me to keep writing, so I did. But I thing that one of the things that um, sort of interest, uh, inspired me the most was that uh, there's, there's, still, there's not a lot of books. I mean, uh, there are books about Nepal. But, you know, but there's no, there wasn't a lot of books written by somebody from there. And then also someone who immigrated to the U.S. and sort of that lifestyle that I was living. And um, and I didn't really think so much about my uh, early childhood um, living in Dolfo until when I got here after, you know, five, six years later, more and more people would ask me, like what were you doing when you were five? I was like, I, I was taking care of the, I was getting the water from the river, and then I had to go take care of the horses, and then I had to take care of my siblings. Isn't that normal? Taunting <laughs> <laughs> everybody? did oh, really. Age five. <laughs> oh, my so and and people just sit and listen. And then some of the questions start to, started to repeat. And I remember one day thinking to myself, you know, it would be nice if I had a book and be like, if you want to know more about my life,
1: <laughs> it was just a way but, to get people to stop asking you questions. So.
2: <laughs> I was like, I, I, I was wanting. But I think the main thing that really, because it was, it was also very personal, you know, putting my the things, stories that I wrote in my book or, often very traumatic and um so you know losing my siblings, losing my grandparents or just uh just all you know, the hard the harsh part of a life uh living at thirteen thousand when you don't have roads and schools um, or the mo- the worst part was not having any medical facilities. So right. you're you know, we're up at um I, I mean, we were even isolated from the main Nepal. So I, I, I was, I think the most modern thing that I experienced was, you know, we had flashlights. <laughs> I was like, whoa, we had flashlights. Wow. <laughs> or someone, you know, we have, you know, someone to come with their, like a radio. Those mm-hmm. were like the modern things. But, uh, and so we were very close off and um, I think the struggles of both the beauty and struggles of living up there, and um, so when once I came here, um, you know I was content with my own life and I was happy. And then, but you know I you know I could go to schools, I have choices in schools. I could you know go to the hospitals, the clinics when I felt sick. I had electricity. I had all these basic things, and yet I felt. Like uh, and especially in the night, I would feel I would start to get worried about my family in Nepal because they don't have those, you know, basic uh, things, and mm-hmm. um, and a lot of people didn't know like where you know Dobo was located, so I thought you know I think I'm gonna I want to write my share my life story, like they hope maybe. Uh, you, you know, it will inspire others to provide extra resource for people in Topo and maybe inspire to write. Because I really like reading um, memoirs of other people's memoirs. I, I just like that's, I feel really connected. And even with history books, I just, I learned best through someone's story, someone's life story. Right. So I think that was that's something that I wanted to there was another, so there was like many factors of uh, what inspired me to write my book, but mostly just that I wanted to, you know, put myself out and then to, with the idea of eventually more people will know the place and what, you know, would get resource, you know.
1: Yeah. And I feel like, out. you know, just what little I've seen of your journey, like it feels like you really are raising awareness. You go give talks about it. You've traveled there to Nepal. I remember read, like reading about that online, but maybe you could
2: tell me more. Yeah. So this uh, after the book came out after fifteen years of writing. It, <laughs> fifteen. Not <years. laughs> um, as writing. writing at all. <laughs> um, so then, you know, when you when you create something, sometimes you just don't know what's going to happen. It's either gonna. Be, um, but I didn't really have like any huge expectations, but I just, uh, but it was, for me, it was very therapeutic. It was one of the most therapeutic uh, projects I've done for myself, because I, because I'm the oldest, I was the oldest of 11 children, so I had to sort of suppress a lot of my early memories of, to, to stay strong for my family and for myself, so. When I wrote it, I was, like, crying. I was like, oh, my god!" You go right, dive right into your, uh, these stories, you feel like you're right there, you know? Mm -hmm. So, and I think that, to me, was really just to have that part of my life sort of go back and, like, look back at, like, look back at my childhood, you know, and sort of say, oh, that was, you know, it wasn't your fault. Or just kind of comforting that child, you know? Yeah. So I think that was really good. And, but with, when the book came out, I uh, got cu- published in 2018. Um, yeah, I've traveled all, you know to Europe, Nepal, and in Canada. And I think I've done, I've, I've given like over 100 presentations at school. Oh goodness, wow, that's awesome. Good job. Yeah. I just know Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and to um, you know senior living homes, and I another beautiful thing about uh, the book was that I was able to connect with all these wonderful international organizations that are already helping people in Nepal, especially in Doko and and mm-hmm. um, with health and education. And so I, you know, I was either uh, was able to do talks with them or
0: to help
2: raise funds. And, um, and I think that that was definitely, I mean, that was the, also the goal of the book was to bring more awareness. And I think, um, so that, I think that was the, I felt like, okay, I, you know, I felt like this was the purpose. Yeah. And, but yeah, it, I travel, I mean, pretty much live until COVID hit, but I was like, Pretty much living kind of a nomadic life, oh, wow. <laughs> and, and then I stayed with, it. I, I counted 23 host families. Wow, that's so yeah. awesome! <laughs> yeah,
1: I'm just and, so like, I just feel very proud of you personally. Like, I know uh, you, that I didn't do, have any part of that, but <laughs> like, yeah. it just like everything you're doing, and all the like, and also thinking how you grew up. Not speaking English at all, and you guys didn't have a written language so much, right? You just spoke mostly, or was there? Yeah, well, a little... there was.
2: No, we have the uh, written language, Tibetan um, writing, reading. My father is actually he's like a it's Tibetan monk slash yeah. priest, Lama. It's like a priest, mm-hmm. so he could he did you know he can he has a beautiful handwriting, unlike mine. Uh-huh. But um, there is a. At the time, so that was um, in the 90s, we didn't have schools up in Doble. So, uh, but there were monasteries, and sometimes the boys went to the monastery and they learned to read and write. Mm-hmm. Um, but most girls, um, yeah, education was just not on the, l- the list. Right. And, okay. and think, did you
1: um, read and write? At, you know, did your dad teach you? I can't remember the...
2: There, there was like a. I was tempted to learn, like, he wrote the Tibetan alphabet, but I was like, I have to like work all day. going children have to work. I'm like, You're too tired I have to time for this. this. Yes. But you know, it's like, um, but I also, I was at, um, around that when I was eight, um, seven or eight, I was experiencing a lot of physical pain. And so that's another whole reason that I, um, had to come to Kathmandu to to get medical help because um, I mean, I didn't they didn't know that I had a scoliosis. So, um, but I was having excruciating back pain and um, having difficult breathing issues. So for me, it was like, I think I remember, I mean, I talked about it in Yak or all that, how I, um, around when I was in, you know, Nine or eight or nine, I was talk, thinking more about like what, like, would I have been, what, you know, if I want to be cremated or But well, like, it was so like, like, weird, oh like, you like, think of that as your future. Oh, <laughs> no. So, and because, like, I mean, that's um sort of the reality up there when you don't have uh, medical care. Uh, so, I mean, I lost my, I lost five siblings and they were, they died from. Untreatable illnesses, like you know, if, and, you know, working at Elm Street, we had children get sick all the time. Yeah. But I, I would, you know, if they were living up in Doble. I mean, the survival chance of surviving—it's like really just um, um, it was just a different kind of a life, a whole life. Yeah,
1: almost like yeah. I, I think of it almost like growing up in like the. 1800s in terms of technology. It seems like that, yes. And then yes. I think how you almost got, like, time warped to the modern, you know, 19th century or whatever and the 20th, 20th century. And then, you know, like, just, like, you suddenly were, like, you, I think you wrote in your book, one day I'm herding goats and then now I'm writing this book on my Mac laptop. And I, yeah. Yeah. how is that even in one lifetime, you know? Like, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think
2: it's like that's like such a whole I sometimes even feel like I'm in some odd dream yeah <laughs> uh, you just don't think about that oh um i I just don't want people to confuse but now there are schools in villages um there's like school in my uh, village right now and so kids are getting some basic educations but there are most schools up in dopo are supported by foreign uh, sponsors, so they're very mm-hmm. heavily dependent on sponsorship, and I think that's um, hard because they've, every year, end of the year, it's like always, they don't know if their schools can survive, you know, with funding, um, but there- it just, just knowing that, like, kids can now, can get basic education is just...
1: You know, right. for me, it's really exciting. That's awesome. Is there a, a name of a particular organization or foundation that you can tell us? Or? Yeah,
2: there's one. So I, I, I um, there's one that I've been, uh, we've been doing more projects together. I, In fact, they, in 2019, they um, sponsor my trip to Canada and they are, it's called the Altitude Project. And um, they have, they're currently supporting six schools oh, wow. and they're the a primary sponsor for uh, the school in my village.
0: Oh, and
2: great. it's been a really beautiful thing. I you know, i went to British Columbia and we, you know, um, the founder of the organization is, his name is David. And so we, we. Uh, we gave like nine different presentations at schools, and um, the the, ele- kid, the kids at the elementary they had like best questions. <laughs> but um, okay. so, yeah, they they have been doing an amazing job, and there's some um, many other wonderful organizations that are also helping um, uh, helping schools in Dobo. But it's it's hard, like. like um, this year I was helping write newsletter for altitude project and I got um, I got I interviewed several teachers from the different villages and just like I mean being a teacher ourselves I have more <laughs> I, I always have sympathy because we have to be not just a teacher we are also the a, a parent uh, we it's like you have to go beyond yourself too um, and so but in there are many of these teachers they First, they have to track down for several days, ten, 10 days or more. And then, um, and um, when they're in Kathmandu, they're buying supplies. But the most challenging part about that is then they have to transport the supplies back to the villages. And so they, they have to um, put supplies in trucks and then find either horse or mule or yaks or um, a lot of them are also also transported by human mm-hmm. so people have to carry all in and then it's not like flat you know yeah. trails it's like cliffs and rivers i mean just it's like dangerous always on the of yeah. edge but and how long does it know. take to get from Do to your
1: village how long so
2: it uh when i came when i first came in um my family and I, we walked for a month, and um, there was a there was an air, um, air. You can take an airplane, but we didn't have you know the money, uh, so that's how, how we travel. But nowadays, more people uh, they they uh, they can fly to a nearest airport and then in Dopo, and but they still have to walk from six days to ten days um so yeah. it's still a bit of a journey some villages um now ha- have motorcycles oh, yeah. <laughs> so, huh. but i even you know you know i have not been back to golfos since i came down in 94 actually right because
1: that's a That's an intense journey to get back.
2: Yeah, it's been so. I'm and I was hoping to go next last summer. Well, that didn't happen. Yeah, (laughs) I'm I'm hoping to go this uh, next summer. You know, if things all go.
1: Oh, that's so cool! If you get to go back. Yes.
2: Yeah. I I mean, also because I've been now just getting to know the schools, and uh, that's one of the things I I wanted to. uh, The reason I wanted to keep on doing these. Uh, it talks. And I mean, I share stories from my book, but I also just update people about what's happening in Doha with, you know, health education and infrastructure. And I, and you know, I've been working, getting to know more and more schools. And now I wanted to see the schools myself yes. and, and meet the kids. Um. So yeah, I'm, I'm quite, you know, really hoping I can, going
1: next year. Well, if you do, you should bring like a little film crew or something and record it. <laughs> yes. I know. I was
2: like, um, National Geographic. I'll go with you. <laughs> you. Yeah, they
1: will. I'm working on there. video. I'm going to school for video editing, so I'll go with you, Dorje. I'll, I'll do it. Don't worry. <laughs> okay.
2: <no. laughs> I love awesome.
0: I'll love to go. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Are they allowing and, girls now to be a part of the education? Too? Oh, yeah, now, girls and, and girls and boys. oh awesome. yeah. yeah and how about the medical care in your village? like, is that improved?
2: Um, so there are in my village, there's a small uh, medical clinic and and some other villages also have a basic medical clinic, but you know, but if somebody had a major, you know any big health issues, they have to get a helicopter down, and that can cost thousands of dollars. And most people in in Doppler don't make $1,000 a year, you know? Right. They're so heavily dependent on farm. And so the thing is that, I, you know, there's, like, no hospitals. And so I feel like the medical piece is still very behind. And, I mean, there's the, that fact that people still have to either have to helicopter down or that they have to walk. I mean, can you imagine, like, yeah, I'm, I just fell, but I'm oh going to have to gosh. walk for several yeah. days. <laughs> In order to fix your broken you know, body, you Well, have how to,
0: you had to walk for an entire month when you're back is yeah,
2: horrible. Yeah, it's like, that's good, you know. And the problem with that is then patients, by the time they get to the city, it, they don't, it's too late, you know. Mm-hmm. They die along the way mm-hmm. or by the time. So that's another um, I just hope that, at some point, there will be more... Uh, yeah, just more like a hospital that can... so that people don't have to make that kind of journey. Right, yeah,
1: some kind of medical center up there that could have, like, basic supplies and...
2: Yeah, know. I mean, they have, you know, the, you know, the medicines, like a, and right. uh, um, there are amazing nurses. I think the thing that would... Um, that's really wonderful to see thanks to education, is that um, a lot of the um, younger double uh, generations, like my age, I'm younger. I'm <laughs> not that young, <laughs> but <laughs> I like to think myself. You are You're young. They're all young. <laughs> young. So, um, but they, you know, they uh, came as a, ch- a child to get their education in Kathmandu. And then once they graduated from high school or college, um the ones that study, like doctor or nurse or teachers, they've gone back to the villages to, uh, so they're kind of leading the communities and their own. So that's like beautiful. Like that's why I'm always like advocating for education because if you want change to happen, then you gotta start from the you know start with basic education. So, um, so yeah, this, um. Like, there's a, a nurse in my village, but the thing is, like, she also has to manage all these four or five other villages, you know? That's one nurse mm-hmm. can't do that, and yeah. so it'd be better if, like, each village had their own a little clinic with a nurse so that there's, like, um, uh, some kind of a health service available all times, and also because it's really hard to yeah, it's the you know. The, okay, you have to cross the river. You have to like yeah.
1: it's, Maybe you know it's snowing, and you got to like go to the next well, village to find. help. what if the nurse
0: gets sick or something? Yeah, yeah that's right.
1: Like, yeah. Have, like one, no so, one person cannot get sick. <laughs>
0: no, yeah. Yeah, you must be in primo condition all the time.
2: Yeah, so I think it would be just. I'm all, I'm always excited when somebody says, "I want to become a nurse." I was like, yes, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's awesome. Mm-hmm.
1: I know, yeah, especially people that are gonna that go into the medical field these days, like after. COVID and
2: everything, it's like you are amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'm no, we I have so much appreciation for all healthcare workers now. Yeah, um, yeah. So, yeah. So when you were writing this book, like what kind of
1: like barriers? Obviously there was probably maybe the language thing, but what other you know, what kind of barriers did you face writing this book?
2: Definitely the language because uh when I came here I was Oh, Ten years old, and I could write my I write my name, um, and I do a new A B and C. I wasn't at a boarding school in Kathmandu for a couple months, and then I came here. Uh, but then I my the moment I came here, I had to get lots of medical. Because I, the doctors did a test and um, found out that I had a severe scoliosis. And it was like 112 degrees bent on your spine. Like c oh, shape. Wow. And so uh, the doctors like you, we have to act fast because you have like less than, you know, two years to live. Oh so, I mean, my first, from 1995 to ninety seven was mostly going to the doctor's. And getting all these various uh, uh, medical treatments, and I had to, I had four major surgeries. So it's just so I was behind. I mean, I didn't have school prior to that. Then to be behind when I got here, because I started school, but then I had to go right back to the hospital. So I was behind. <laughs> I came here, and then I um, it was in. Um, like second and third graders, they were reading chapter books. I was like, "Yeah, can't do that. Uh, I can't read <laughs> chapter books." Um, so, so I just skip though. around. So that's are def- definitely like gaps in my education, and um, so yeah, was, that was that was a challenge for me because I ha- I didn't have you know I had a very limited vocabulary, and um, so I remember having to like look for words in the dictionary a lot. And then um, all right, later on, I did a lot of Google, Word, a Google search, image search, that helped better. Yeah. Um, so then, you know, just trying to get through college, that was just uh, four years of college. <laughs> wow. um, um, so that was challenging. And so, but I didn't want to give up, though. I just kept on writing um, whenever I had holidays or um, on the weekends or just because I think... Um, I was sort of on the, you know, I, I, my memories are kind of right there and fresh. They're so fresh in my mind. So I was able to write whenever I can. Um, and the other, some other challenges. Uh, yeah, yeah I, again, it was just very emotional for me. So mm-hmm. I had to, like, yes. take a break sometimes because it just, um, uh, a lot of, I mean, my memories were, like, so vivid, and as, like, as if, like, I, it's, like, recorded in my head, you know, film, and mm-hmm. I'm just now replaying it, so every, every part that I talk about, it it was just intense, so it's, like, so I had to, like, pause a bit sometime to come back, um, and, but, yeah, I think those, are those, like, the language was the challenge, main, one of the main challenge, and and then just um, trying to keep up with my, you know, general education. And so, mm-hmm. I think that's an- another reason why it took that long. Yeah. Well, <laughs>
1: first of all, like you're an English as a second language learner, keeping up almost like you graduated college, not either right on time or not too far from when you would have normally, right?
2: Yeah, I mean, I was always like a couple. I was a, you know, my age was it's one and one two. Um, older, you know, um, right. I just skipped a couple grades in the elementary to catch up. So, um, and then college—I mean, I, it was four years. That I right. I made it, but those last year, incredible. I was like, I I don't know. That. I just find yes. that
1: incredible, and not only that, but you were writing a book the whole time—a beautiful detailed detailed, like book. just yes. the it, like the same tenacity that you like fought off those snow leopards and wolves. <gasps> You brought with you and you did, you know, like you have this incredible spirit of like, I am not going to give up, you know,
0: like yeah, not yeah. anything.
1: I'm going to be clinging on a mountainside with the rain pelting down on me, but I'm not going to give up. And you're I'm always
0: like, like speaking to the world, like through your, through Yak yeah, Girl, like you're like, hold, just hold on a little bit longer or whatever it was yeah. that you were doing, you would speak it out loud and you yeah. were just like bringing that into life. Yeah. I feel like your words incredible. were really more powerful than you even knew that they were as a child. You would just, like, say things, and then the gods or goddesses or whatever it was just watch yeah, after you.
2: it was definitely, well, I'm a very visual learner, so, like, when I was writing, I just wanted people to, like, visually see <laughs> what yeah. I'm talking about. Sometimes it just goes on a little too detailed. It's like, mm. okay, we don't need to talk about how many petals on the flower? Yes, but we <laughs> do. It
0: you illustrate such a beautiful picture, and even talking about your language barrier, you can't tell at all in your book. No, yeah. those details, oh, and you. I love how all of your details and the smells and the sights and your you're a very present person in your life. Uh, yeah, thank you. Yeah, and I can I can relate to what you're saying
1: about like that video. Like I have these memories that were just like playing through my mind like a video and. When I wrote them all out, it was like incredibly hard. There was emotional trauma, but it also felt like, oh, I can let those go now. Like, I know they're safe on the page. Like, did you have yeah. that sense of feeling like your memories were safe in that book now? And you could kind of. Yeah, let go?
2: I did. I was like, a, I came to I came terms like peace with things. Like, because before, mm-hmm. even people, I felt kind of guilty for like talking about some incident that are, you know, what I thought it was not fair for adults to treat a child a certain way, and but I was like, well, if it was gone. I don't want to, you know, talk about it. But then I was like, well, it so bothers me. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. But I, I was like, okay. then um, when I look back and like kind of sort of like as if I'm the adult, I'm the ther- like the adult as the therapist looking at the child, me the child was that are like, okay, so... And how did you feel <laughs> about it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, like, it's like, it's not, like, going as old. It's not saying, because uh, I think it's just giving, like, giving that child, like, it's okay, or it's okay to be mad. It's okay to be, you know, express those feelings that you had that now it's okay. Like, so I think I did feel a sense of, like, peace, with everything, and now I don't feel like, oh, it just, you know, it just gave me a bigger picture of my life as a whole, like,
0: mm-hmm. as opposed
2: just, like, something I'm trying to, like, kind of like, hide or, and, but it was, like, but it was also, those things were sort of prevent, it was, it was making it hard for me to, as an as adult, to go forward, because those things were holding me. I'm still like, I would say I became a lot more confident with myself. Although, I have to say, working at Elm Tree with the kids, I mean, that's one of the beautiful, <laughs> why I lost it eight years yeah. is that um, there's a couple of things with uh, with working at Elm Tree. One, I just, I loved it, so that's why I was there for a long time. One, it's like, I actually never had an actual childhood, you know, because I was always working. <laughs> and so, to. I was. I felt like I was with. I was like, I'm. I was in being with the kids. I was like, I was like, oh, I'm actually having a real childhood (laughs) experience. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, I I don't mind singing it's spider fifteen times a day because it's new to me. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Or just like that, the children. uh, There's like a whole world that you know. Sometimes as adults, we don't see that in in a child, you know, we go, oh, every child cries like that, or, like, we have an an idea of what children's thoughts and feelings should be, but when you're in their world, it's like another whole, it's a different world, because you, they, like, I value their uh, voice and their feelings, even if it's just, like, noises, you know, like, Mm -hmm. it's like, you know, we're not go, We can't say, "Oh, that don't interrupt me." But it's like, wait a minute! I just interrupted somebody over there. So, like this child's crying. is trying to communicate. So, I think that's kind of um, what I was. A, you know, as growing up in um, my own child, I just didn't. You're gonna you know, be kind of like, okay, you're. You know, you you don't value that little things anymore. <laughs> But um, but I think I felt like um, with the book and with also working with kids, I just um, it just made like you know it just made gave me a bigger like bigger picture about that the, the child in you and the adult in you are in they're connected still. Mm-hmm. It's not that that we can't go. I'm adult. I don't want to talk about my childhood. You know. But, like, it affects you if you
1: don't talk about your childhood, you know? And I think that, I think you're getting to the underbelly of what healing even is, is when we talk about healing, it's like kind of putting together that broken child that maybe didn't get everything it needed with your adult self that can look at it and be like, oh, it's okay, and here, I'll give myself some of what I missed out on, and I'll make peace with the parts I didn't get, and that. I found working with children, I was drawn to it probably for similar reasons as you, is trying to heal that inner child by helping other children have a happy, normal, fulfilling childhood. You know, it, like, helped. I grew up with them, too, just like you. Like, oh, yeah. this is good. It's good to have feelings. It's good to express your voice, you know. And like, that's not things I was taught or told to do. Or, you uh-huh. know, so, like, by giving that to other kids, like, we can heal ourselves somehow. But, yeah. I find it yeah. interesting.
2: Yeah, definitely. Like, and, um, and kids are not afraid to ask you questions, personal questions. They're like, they're really, really like why are you looking tired today? Um, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> you, <laughs> tell <me. laughs> you tell me. You tell me. But, you know, it, it's just, um, yeah, I think it's um, one of the things that when we were working with Kids. I mean, I. I mean, I was also helping with my all my younger siblings too, and I. I remember, like, most of my times, I just kind of comforting, comforting them, you know, and because, and especially like, I didn't know like what their life was going to be like because we were losing them right and left, and so like this is a moment to just just be present with them and just hold them and. Yeah. And I think that was a like those what that was a really hard part of writing the books. It's like, you know, I started to get attached to the the babies and then they're gone. So I felt more that, that sort of the mother another mother role and um um I I think um and I think that's something that I wanted to also kind of make it also visual in the book to yeah, to see how I know what was happening.
1: I think you did a really great job describing it. It was so, I'm a very visual person, but it was so easy for me to visualize all those things. And I had this really clear picture in my mind, even before I got to the photos. And, you know, it was like, because you're such a good writer. You're and so good at just describing. I remember the way you described the world when you came out from that funeral that was, I think it was your aunt, Right yeah and the way that just the world looked different to you mm-hmm. and it was just such an amazing and i'm thinking like this is a person who started their like formal education at the age of what 12 or 13
2: like Form, uh, my formal i would say it's 10 but like, like 11 and surgeries
1: and some right yeah, and so it's just yeah. like it's incredible like you are an amazing writer and an amazing person and I was wondering if you have any advice for us as we are, you know, we're like baby Dorjees over here trying to write our books <laughs> and <I'm Yeah. laughs> putting our voices out there. And like, what advice would you offer for me and Shelly and other fledgling authors?
2: Yeah, this one, um, uh, one thing that I do is like, just don't wait to write, just write. And only I... It helps you carry some kind of notepad or paper towel or whatever and in, in your around you or in your purse or somewhere because for me I tried the whole okay I'm going to write on Tuesday at you know eight thirty, um and then I would sit there eat I have nothing going on in my head, other than I just ate the whole bag of potato chips. <laughs> so, um, and I was like, this. especially when you're starting a new chapter, those are the hardest for me. And so the thing that has helped me writing this book, and I use it for all my other former writings, is that one is to always have something with you because, and then that way, because thoughts come out time, any moment, and as we get older, they don't sit there very <laughs> long. About um, And so, it's best to jot it down before it goes away. So, true. one of my best way to do that is like, to avoid waiting for long lines at the airport or uh, any, you know, anytime. So, just having that. Um, having something with you all the time helps. And then not worrying about, you know, spelling or grammar, which is my two my not good friends. and <laughs> But just kind of <laughs> write it down. And then, um, once you have these main ideas, then you can form a, you know, write it. Um, form a sentence. Um, the other thing that helps me is I like to outline. Outlining helps me, like Okay, this is, or just writing a list or whatever. Just um, in my book, I didn't know what order I wanted to have it. I just outlined what I wanted to talk about. And then um, just wrote one sentence. And I would look at my list. And today I feel like I want to talk about the animals. Uh, next day, you know, I feel like I want to talk about, um, you know, talk about the snow leopards or whatever. Just uh, and... And just that helped, and then I feel like uh, I have some kind of a, a guideline, mm-hmm. and then and then in the end, it's like putting puzzles together. It's kind of fun. You just put all these different pieces, ideas, and then try to make it, you know, one. Make uh, it work together. Yeah. yeah. So I think that's um, that's something that has helped help me um, personally uh, It's just. The outline and having a pad of notes or I wrote my I found all my notes and they're like written on napkins I went to I've, I like going writing at a cafe that's yeah. my favorite yeah I so I, I think i have taken a couple of the cafe napkins <laughs> 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 yeah Amazing. but it does, um, it does affect though like it's a type of pen or, for me that I don't like most of the writing, I like to do it by hand, so if it's, it has, it's also, if it's like a particular pen or paper also like um, influence your writing, Yeah. because if it's like totally not is. good or you're irritated, then you're thinking more about the paper and the yes. pen than your ideas.
1: Yes, same with art. I feel like art and writing are similar, it's like that, what you put it down onto, it can really affect how it comes out of you and what comes out of you right yeah or the right medium or not mm-hmm. yes. yeah.
0: yeah
2: and then one thing's not this is also the same with art is like not to force it like if you feel like you're you spend all your all day trying to write and you're getting frustrated and you're getting and it's like that's like sign. please stop yes, take a break <laughs> like, you know, yes. so uh, yeah so then you gotta give your come back and write again early morning's a good time Right, because so your
0: brain is somewhat awake. <laughs> it's like we're the most mm-hmm. creative the first four hours after we wake up. It's like yeah. So instead Maybe of like doing the dishes and cleaning, yes,
1: yes, yeah. I like to write in the mornings if I could make myself get my butt up and do it. Like, or Sarah like, likes yeah. to wake up in the middle of the night and edit her whole book. If I've been, yeah. <laughs> Sometimes I've been sleeping. It feels like a little too long,
0: and I and wake up like, at oh my three gosh. o'clock, and I'm like, oh, I have to
1: write. I guess I'm awake yeah. now.
0: <laughs> well, I feel like it's. For the writer's or artsy mind, you just have to do it when it comes. And like you were saying, Dorje, yeah. it doesn't always come. Mm-hmm. Like there's moments no, where no, you're like I doesn't. have writer's block and I can't do anything. Yeah. And I think those are the yeah. times where maybe we can stop and go outside and you know take a walk or go for a hike, get into the mountains. Yeah, mm-hmm. cool.
2: yeah. I uh, I like walking, and then walking, I can kind of the ideas come. Then when I come home and then write it down. Yes, so
0: like it starts because you're definitely. fresh. It's like clean.
1: Yeah, walking yeah. is like my idea juice. I feel like when I'm putting my feet down it's and movements. my body's moving, like my brain's kind of. But I can't write it down in the moment, so it's just like zooming in, yeah. and then I get home. I
2: think the like, main thing is that like
0: once you get home, you actually have to write it. Yes.
2: otherwise it'll go. <laughs>
1: yeah, go. yes, it's so true. Um, so you're also an artist. I know um, you've done. You did an illustration in your book, and you have a like a website. It's called DorjeArts.com D-O-R-J-E-A-R-T-S Do you want to talk o- just tell that. us a little more about your art and like what are you doing <laughs> right now?
2: Yes. <laughs>
0: yes. <laughs> love it. I was
2: inspired by At the Elm Tree. I'm happy. Oh, you know, I love you. it. You now that? I, I did not, not know that. that. Is
0: this in yeah. colored
2: Pencil? It's like we were mem- at, at the Elm so Tree. Pretty. We were doing this thing and I, I really don't like that idea. We were supposed to if we have any idea or thought, then we put it in that bowl. And, oh, I,
0: yes.
2: and mm. I wrote an idea. Well, I it was a one of our students and she was taking a really long time to um go to the potty. <laughs> she just <laughs> went i not in Lots of time spent in that bathroom. <laughs> and I was like uh, this that's that was, that's a mixed art it is a mixed media uh like drawing, painting. I like to do a lot of uh, um, sort of the m- trying different materials and sort of see how can, it can all work together. And so with that and the book the one that says I'm happy which is in Yeah Girl but it's also very popular print French um, that I that I sell when I'm doing my tour and also on my Etsy shop. Oh, um, I love it. And um, but that, stu- that uh, work was inspired by just uh, one combination of reading a lot of children's books. <laughs> oh, yes. And uh, I was doing a lot of um, watching these Because like, I really like combining both, you know, because I, I grew up with a multicultural family and surroundings, So I like to add those different um, uh, parts in, in my work. And I also like learning about other people's culture, and I can culture, and um, so I was watching these um, both Tibetan uh, like music videos, and I was also watching Bollywood movies. So there's when I am like kids and all together, and um, and the yeah this, the the child was saying she's I remember like she was taking a long time to go to bathroom and. And then she just, like, looked at me, and she said, I'm happy. And <laughs> you just don't like, hear that as, you know. We, when an adult it's like, always something we talk about, all the wrong things going on in our life.
1: No one just says, I'm happy. When they're going <laughs> to the bathroom. <laughs> yes. out of, like, without any provocations at all. Yeah. Just, oh, yes. I'm happy. I
2: love it. Yeah. So I just remember I put that in my pool. That's so but cool. we, love that. Yeah, I, so, I'm. Um, I started out with, um, I went to CU, I got my degree in fine art, um, and then, I you know, I was doing mostly acrylic painting, I like to do landscape sort of um, painting, and then um, I got into doing mixed media, so, I, and then I got carried carried away a little bit, but like, I got added everything, but, <laughs> but a you know, Right. <laughs> like beads. Now I'm like, okay, let's do sewing, and then let's put some beads and jewelry, other jewelry pieces. Um, um, but I also really like to do uh, drawing, mostly pen drawing with watercolor, and um, and so those are kind of. I like to just kind of mix those uh, different pieces together, and but I haven't really had that much time to really focus on my art, um, and even at school, I mean, I can see why people go get um, get master's degrees, but when you're at, see, when you're at uh, so for your first year, I didn't know I had so many electives that I had to take, <laughs> I was like, well, I take math, I thought I we are good on math, <laughs> art, when do we do art? I do please, oh. liberal arts
1: colleges. <laughs> yeah.
2: Yeah. So, um, but then uh, this year during pandemic, I really got to focus on uh, creating. Really dive in, and it um, just really f- both um, improving my skills and. But also, art has been a very therapeutic for me. Um, it's just another. It's it's like more way more freeing. It, writing we still have to like structure. We have to. Um, make sure it's spelled correctly, but with visual art, it's like, I f- for me, it feels like I'm I'm in total control. <laughs> I just feel very free, and so it's been a very, um, it's been nice to have that uh, during my pandemic, and right now, um, my prints and I also started selling, like, reading cards. Those are popular on my Etsy shop as well.
1: Oh, nice greeting cards. That's awesome. So her Etsy shop is Dorje Arts Collection. If you guys want to go check out her goodies that she has up there. Dorje
0: made me some beautiful earrings and a necklace one time, I remember. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm.
2: She's a
0: talented lady artist. We also have one question that we were going to ask all of our listeners. All of our authors? Our authors. Not listeners, authors. <laughs> yeah. You're a listener and author. About yeah. who or who has been the most influential authors in your life, or are there three or your favorite or your favorite yeah. books that have influenced you the most?
2: Um, I would say I didn't read. I didn't read the books. My um, dad in Boulder. He read it uh, when I couldn't read, but that was a, one of my favorite uh, part about it. It's called the um, Narnia. The collect, have you? Mm, that yeah. I've read. Um, yeah, I've read all, Southern, all of them. <laughs> Narnia, but they're like, there's like, eight the chronicles there, or something. Eight like eight chronicles of them, yeah. Narnia. Yeah. So, um, but the way uh, my dad read it was so he would. He was really good at it. like it's the one thing also, uh, to write, But that's the when you read it, it's just like you feel like you can. Um, you're watching a movie. But I remember uh, loving that whole series because I just—it was like I could really visualize the characters, and it was just like, just to me, it sounded very magical. Mm -hmm. Uh, But also the, yeah, my my dad would always put—he would read it and then put on like a he'll go. And then tomorrow, uh, and you yeah. close up with all I was like, oh, I can't. I, that was like my another reason. I was like, I gotta love the research.
0: Oh. <laughs> I need to read
1: myself.
2: <laughs> I'll read yeah. those endings
1: myself. <laughs> yes, that's awesome.
2: So that's that. And then another one, I read it by myself. <laughs> um, I like Jane Austen. Um, mm. I, like, I read Pride and Prejudice, and um, that was one of my favorite books. Mm-hmm. Um and then just biograph other, you know, biography, um, Joy Lock Club is another book. Yeah. Um that I like. And um and one that I that was in high school, I remember reading uh his oldness, the Fourteen Dalai life story. So nice, and yeah. you know, I I can relate to some of these early childhood you know, growing up in the mountains and all. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, I, I don't know there's, like, a, I, I, just, I just kind of, I mean, it's funny when you're, um, we're in a different era now, but with technology, but when we didn't have it, I, you know, I remember in high school, I was just, or, or middle school, I would just read and read, read, but I would go through it quickly. Mm-hmm. And um, so, yeah, I think um, nowadays I, like, I love reading about, you know, biographies of, and or memoirs. So yeah, yeah. Those are, yeah, I think those are, I would say um, uh, Jane Austen. Is just, yeah, but I, I nice. kind of like her writing. I like her writing. Style. Yeah, those are
1: some great. Yeah, it's like I always find it so interesting to hear what books authors read because it's so influential into who you are.
2: Yeah. And
1: all those details. Um, I think the
2: one the with Jane Austen writing style, I think that might have also influenced my own writing a little bit. Is like, she was also very, like, her writing was very visual, like, visual. So I could like, Mm -hmm. I could really, really, each character, I had an idea of what they look like and what they were wearing, what they smell like. Mm -hmm. So I think that was, you know, the reason I liked her. Yeah, Mm -hmm. is is she the
1: same one that wrote Little Women? is that another? No,
2: one? that's
0: um, no, Mary Louise. Al- sensibility, yeah, yeah. yeah. It, sense and Sensibility, sense that's sensibility. Yeah. yeah, I read
1: that one. I didn't read Pride and Prejudice, but yeah, I love those books. Yeah. Um, so next, I know um, you've got some things coming up that we wanted to talk about. Yeah. Um, so talk about this ebook, unsent letters from the South Asian diaspora. Like um, you're a contributing author, is that right?
2: Yeah, so I that's a that's the thing with Yakko. It's just I don't know where like, where I will end up, but you know this was, this came also through um through Yakko. So I I have been part of um uh forty one South yeah forty one I think I double check um so there are forty one authors um the uh, women authors and from South or, or else, South Asian origin and we all you know contributed our own stories and some of our poems but it's like a it's a co- like a beautiful co- um, collaboration that I'm part of so I'm excited it's supposed to be, so yeah on um, the 28th it's supposed to be on um, release an e-book and then eventually books the paper version later so that's like two days from now your yeah, book is coming
1: yeah. out the same <laughs> yeah. day that this podcast is going to be coming out. So in fact, it'll be today when you guys are listening to it. Today is the day that you can go find unsent letters from the South Asian diaspora on, I assume, Amazon or yeah, all the places, yeah, all the places, all the places. Awesome. And then on Thursday, May sixth, you told me you were going to be at the. You're going to be doing a virtual Zoom with yeah. this author who wrote about is it about like similar to where you grew up yeah uh
2: yeah it's called uh, this is called a story of karma finding love and truth in the lost valley of the himalaya Mm. it's a similar um uh that's the book um, i read it and it was like for me when i read it i felt like i was reading yak girl backwards (laughs) (laughs) because you know the author is going from modern to remote area and um in the book you know meet this little girl um, who has a similar sort of lifestyle as me, and um, so I, I, there's a lot of sort of similar story and or similar path that we both uh, face. So, yeah, I'm excited that um, that is on May 6th. It's a virtual. Um, Yeah, it's a Zoom talk, and it's through the Boulder bookstore. Yeah,
1: through the Boulder bookstore, and you could probably find it on their website. Is that right?
2: Yeah, they they, we still have an um, e invite, but um, you can also go to their Boulder bookstore um, calendar. Yeah, Um, I will actually. uh, If people want to get confused, I will also put the details on my website. I have a uh, events. Section and I, I have all the details there. So, if you want to,
0: and what is your website?
2: It's DorjeArts.com dot Dorjee com. Yeah, great. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I'm excited about that. It's, so that one is from um, five to six thirty. And um, if people, um, I will put that link. Um, if people can register early if they want.
1: Cool. Um, That's so awesome. Yeah. I'll try to see if I can get signed up for that. Um, And then you've got another thing coming up that's really exciting. Um, Your mom, Jen, which is a songwriter friend of mine, actually. Um, Just kind of funny how those two worlds collide sometimes. But she is putting out a children's album in June, June 4th. And you said you wrote one of the, you collaborated on the song?
2: Yeah, so that's um, that's another uh, uh, fun uh, pandemic collaboration. Yeah. <laughs> Things you do when you're home. Things <laughs> oh, you do. I know. You tend the chickens um, and write children's songs. <laughs> yes. but, uh, yeah. But, this yeah, this has definitely been a really beautiful project, and I'm really excited. So her album is called All Together Now, and so it's going to be released on June 4th. And um, I... One really uh, sweet thing about this album is it's, uh, the, all the songs I co-wrote with other people. And um, oh, and yeah. she asked me if I could co-wrote, if I wanted to really co-write a song with her. So I said, sure, but I, I've never written a song, so I don't know about this. <laughs> and I thought, like, you know, so I, you know, I uh, wrote my ideas. And um, one thing that I thought about is, like, you know, I want to talk about families, you know, because I grew up with with all kinds of families. I grew up with my grandparents, parents, aunts, and uncles. And then when I came to the West, I had another whole family. And when I started working at Elm Tree, you know, we had children came from all kinds of family backgrounds. And and I remember that um, there's two books at the Elm Tree that I I liked, and also the kids often picked up one was called Mama and Mommy, and the one is called Daddy, Daddy and Dada, and so I I wanted to sort of like uh, express that that you know children children have we know when they go home they have all kinds of families so mm-hmm. so that was the whole idea is. The um, behind it, so the song was of, of course called yeah, uh, called families of all kinds mm-hmm. oh nice yeah, so I thought that's and it's just been very beautiful and you know and I to to write the song with my mom was a very um beautiful thing. I did learn that I'm actually known as songwriter mm-hmm. it, I had so much uh, because I just writing you know, my life story is, is a different, and but um, songwriting—you have to like actually rhyme, or certain things needs to rhyme, and There's gotta was some kind not, of that was not rhythm. my skill. Yeah, um, so I would you know make sure that rhythm, and I was like, I don't know, it sounds fine to me. <laughs> <laughs> um, but so I just had so much appreciation for all songwriters because that's hard, and and I remember my mom and she's like she'll write one song and then write another one I'm like how do you do that you know because I that's, that was hard but yeah so I'm like really excited for this project and um, uh, it will be yeah after June 4th it will be available and um, but if people wanted to get more information you can visit JenCleary.com and
1: yeah, Jen Cleary is spelled J-E-N-N C L E A R Y. dot com, so you can check that out. And she also writes other, you know, adult songs, <laughs> and I think, yes. I'm sure she this has is a her on
2: there. Fourth album. So. That's so awesome! Yay!
1: Go Jen. Yes,
2: yeah. She's came, She came to Elm Tree a couple times and uh, yes. sang for the kids and. Yep, awesome. she's
1: performed just by herself, and then she's also helped me put on some music events there where I had some songwriter events and some different, you know, live things. So it's awesome. To yeah, that, with that, her. I have to
2: say that was such a fun event. That was super art fun. Book.
1: The art, we did like an yeah. art music event there. It was, fun. It was so fun. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, Dorje, I cannot thank you enough for one, being brave and writing your book and sharing. I know that was. I know it's not easy because I'm writing my memoir. (laughs) It's not easy to put yourself out there. And your story is so incredible. Like you've done amazing things already and so many more amazing things to come, I'm sure. Um, So just thank you for that. And then
0: for coming here and talking to us today and do anything. Thank you so much. This story is beautiful. And I know that, You already have brought so much awareness, and how you said, how education and healthcare, and you're doing it. You're doing all the things. Oh,
2: thank you. Well, thank you both again, and thank you. Uh, especially to Sarah for hiring me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it was definitely my
1: pleasure. Definitely, I mean, you—you you were part of what made Elm Tree tick and make it keep going. And without you, things started to really fall apart there at the end. So, <laughs> um, it clearly is not just you know one person when you're running a school. You need.
0: You need many strong people. It's like how you grew up. It takes a village. A village, yes. Yeah, exactly, a community takes, for yes. sure. And you
1: are a very strong yeah. part of that. So I'm so grateful to you for many, many, many reasons.
2: And yeah. a so one wait. question that you asked, which was like, "What is it you miss over there?" And oh, I yeah. think that was a whole. Um, I, what um, we also try to create, ultimately, is a community, and mm. like, I grew up at community was such a family and community was like that was our survival, you know, we have to even if you don't like them sometimes. You still had to like depend on each other. So, you know, there'd be disagreements, but there was never um uh like you no know, I'm not like afraid of other people, you know, and I think this is like over here with our recent mass shooting and just this there's all the violence that are going on. That's like something that I do miss about sort of like the freedom to just be out in in the nature or and just having not to have to worry about like being afraid of a, a person, you right. know?
0: The fear. And I so think for a snow leopard,
2: yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we're
1: well, worried about natural things more, right? <laughs> yeah, yes. just,
2: you don't go out. Oh, I'm so, I'm afraid of going to the store you know yeah like, right. so I think that's something um I would say that here, you know in our modern world that like we should just try to work more towards creating mm-hmm. communities safe community especially for our children like they like it's just odd for me to see that children can't go outside on their own they have to be you know what they are all times and it's just it's a very Strange, that part is very strange for me. Sometimes, yeah, yeah.
1: it <laughs> is a very different world, and that you yeah. grew up in compared to where we are now. Yeah, and um, and maybe we can form this like little authors' community that will put out great books and support each other. And you know, like that's part of what we want to do is create this community that's part of our whole purpose and mission of creating Voices Rising Press. So, all
2: I- right. That right. sounds good to me.
1: <laughs> you're yeah. invited. Yes, you're invited. You're part you're of well it. <laughs> you're <laughs> inducted <laughs> into the group. Yeah, I'll be there. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you again so, so much, Dorje. We love you. I love you. Yeah. Um, And I really hope you um, have a beautiful day. And I can't wait to see you later this summer. We're going to have a little picnic, me and Dorje and Cedar. Oh, fun. We're already planned this out, so.
2: Very good, <laughs> Well thank you both. Thank you again for interviewing me and um yeah this is a great way to share stories and wish you both lots of luck. Mm-hmm. I would say get some go to the cafe for me. Extra chips helps. Chips? <laughs> I love it. Lots extra of caffeine. snacks. <laughs> it snacks. Chai. chai. She makes
1: snacks. amazing chai tea. I love it. No. Thank you so, so
2: much. I right. think you'll be I'm excited for your books. So. So congratulations Thank you. People. Can't wait to share them.
1: Yes. All right. Thank you. All right. Take care, Dorje.
0: Thank you so much for listening. Please head over to iTunes and leave us a five-star review. It means so much to us, and it helps us be seen and heard on a, a wider platform. And I'm excited about our next podcast coming out next Wednesday. Yes, book club. Yeah,
1: it's going to be the book club on the second mountain, which I'm reading right now, actually, or listening to. Oh, it's so
0: good. And the wonderful thing about these podcasts on book club is you don't have to read the book. You can just tune in and we can give you all the nitty gritty details on them. That's right. It's like the cliff notes for you. (laughs) Exactly. So if you want to join us, you can read or you can just listen in and hear about this really inspiring story about the second mountain. Can't wait. Yep. We'll meet you back here next week.